picture at Los Angeles 2022. Welcome to Out on the Lanai, the only Golden Girls podcast you're ever going to need to listen to. I am H. Allen Scott slash Sadie Pines. I jumped on your lines and I'm Carrie Doherty. (laughs) And this is a podcast where we used to watch an episode of the Golden Girls and then talk about it, but we ran out of episodes. So now we're rewatching all 24 fantastic episodes of the Golden Palace, which of course is a spinoff of the Golden Girls and is currently streaming on Hulu in the U.S. Yes, we just watched season one, episode 22, titled One Angry Stan, which aired on April 30th, 1993, and is the one where Stan dies, kind of, and Roland becomes a stripper. Yeah, Stan comes back, and Roland yeah. becomes a stripper, which I know I had, uh, yeah, okay, There, there's a moment. I have a moment. I did a thing to honor this moment in time that this episode finally has arrived with Roland's Roland. And I am um, honoring it in the way that I think it should be honored. So you're just gonna have to wait for that because it's special. It's very special. Okay. I, 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 yeah, I was gonna, I wasn't sure if I should ask up top, but I feel like now we're, we'll, we'll get into it. And then when we get to it, we will get to it. Well, Roland's Roland is always up top. Let's just say that. <laughs> Let's just let's just put that out there. Um, but no, last week. So last week we had to miss an episode because, oh my god, last week was a drama, y'all. Um, so I so everyone knows about the Golden Girls restaurant pop up that's here in Los Angeles, and they've since announced that it's moving to I think New York and maybe Chicago. I I don't know where else. Um, but definitely New York, and which is really exciting. And it's a really cool sort of like pop-up event that there was a similar one here in Los Angeles that I think you went to, Carrie, uh, Saved by the Bell one, right? I didn't go to that one. I've, I haven't been to any of these, but it's the same people who did the Saved by the Bell mm, one are okay. doing uh, the Golden Girls one. Yeah, and it's it's so cool. It's so exciting. So I had planned, and I, I had kept it under wraps. I'd only told Carrie. I had planned this whole thing where I was going to go to it and, like, record there and interview people there. And it was going to be this whole big thing. And I had arranged something with, like, the PR team and all of it. And the day I was supposed to go, I was like, I'm feeling a little weird. I wonder what that is. I wonder what's happening. So I took a little test. Turns out I had COVID. It's like first time. I know. First time getting it. And it was such a bummer because I had so much planned for that week. And I wanted to, I was going to go before the restaurant even opened and like take all these videos and pictures for everybody and like have that be the episode for that week and all of it. But we're still, they're very nice there and they were very understanding of my situation. And um, so once it is safe for me to go, I will be going and interviewing everyone and seeing it in person and all of that. And we'll do a little special episode if you know if it's if it's still around when i can go because i'm i'm being safe until i have a show next week so i'm not going out a lot this week so i'm trying to be very diligent about rebound exposure and all of that and all those things um so soon soon it will happen and it will be fantastic it will happen it will be fantastic and i'm so glad you're feeling better and i'm sorry that i texted you every morning to ask <laughs> how you were feeling oh no trust me i mean i wasn't i didn't tell many people i basically told you and you know my family and michael's family and stuff like i just told the important people basically but um uh but yeah it was nice no i i i never have a problem with people checking in on me i love attention this is not new to you carrie 
<laughs> uh, yeah, I'm so glad that you're feeling better. Yeah. And yeah, the pop up. I mean, it for for people who I, I can't attest to whether or not they're huge Golden Girls fans. It definitely. Um, I will say though that you know, looking at the recipes um, that they've got there and like certain, just certain aspects of it, you can tell they're either fans or they did their homework, mm. like to have, um, you know, roses, uh, what are they called? Like the Spearhooven Krispies where you have to hold your nose and it yeah. tastes like um, strawberries and chocolate ice cream, yeah. chocolate ice cream as Rose <laughs> pronounces it. So she puts the emphasis on it's so interesting. She puts the emphasis on cream, yeah. um, you know, to have uh, very specific things mm-hmm. that are part of the pop up that, you know, hardcore golden fans will um, get excited about beyond just having cheesecake. Um, yeah. You know, I, I was pretty excited about. Um, I love that you and I are like that, that too. You and I are like that in that we like our first reaction always is like, are they real or are they profiting off the Golden Girls like fans? You know what I mean? Like we're definitely like, we'll wait until we see it for ourselves before we make a determination whether this is legitimate or not. Thank you. And yeah. it's I mean, but it's but that's what a real Golden Girls a real Golden Girls fan can spot. Like sometimes you can walk through Target and stuff and you see some Golden Girls things and Golden Girls, the licensing of Golden Girls has kind of exploded in these past few years. And there are some things that I'm like, okay, you're taking it too far. You need to stop. Like there are some little moments, little little things you can buy that I see that I'm like, that's a little too much. But okay. Uh, but this does not look like that. This looks like a very well curated pop up that, and people have have, and you know, and past guests of the podcast, and past people who, and people who listen to the podcast, I've seen pictures of people posting from there while I was locked up, um, and it looks, I mean, it looks great. Everyone looks great. The food looks good. I, you know, I'm not a huge, huge foodie, so I don't, I, I can't really ever speak to food, but it looks, it looks, it looks nice. I feel like people are going. It, it's like when people go to the magic castle here in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. like, and you, you eat at the restaurant there, like you're not there for the food. Like you're there yeah. to be at the magic castle. Yeah. If yeah. the food is great, that's a bonus, but people would happily, you know, pay to have, even if it's like half decent cheesecake, which let's be honest, even half decent cheesecake is delicious cheesecake. <laughs> so I feel like they can't go wrong there. Yeah. You know, I'm curious to see how the rest of the food is, but it sounds like, and I'm so sorry, because I bet it's a famous chef and I've completely forgotten their name. Um, but I bet they've got like a really good chef who has put together a pretty, yeah, um, pretty delicious menu. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's, it will be fun once, once I'm able to go. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that, but not until it is safe to go. I, I'm a very responsible person. Yes, we know this and we respect and love you for it. Uh, we have a lot to talk about. Should we take a little break and then just jump right in? I This episode, there's, I, I yes, we'll be right yes, in. Yes, yes. All right, I just... I want to jump right in. The joke that started this episode made me laugh so hard. So Sophia is at the front desk and Rose comes over and she's like, great news, which anytime an episode starts with Rose saying great news, yeah, you know, you're in for a treat. 
<laughs> she goes, great news. I finally finished that jigsaw puzzle. And Sophia goes, took you six months. Like, huh? And Rose is like, the box says two to four years. And her face is so smug. Like, I did it. I laughed so hard oh, right out the gate. It is a right really funny gate. joke. It's a really funny <gasps> joke. It's so good. So good. So good. Mark? Um, so there's a bachelor party coming to the hotel. Ooh. Uh, Roland and Chewy are being like, you know, your typical gross dudes about it. They're like strippers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. It's a little, it's a little, I mean, I have to admit that whole, the whole, there's only one thing I like about this, this, the bachelor party storyline. And you know exactly what it is. And the exactly rest, the rest is. of it, I'm like, although there is, well, we'll get to it. There's a great we'll moment get coming to it. Yeah. Um, and then I know, again, right out the gate, they had some great jokes um, because then Rose has a really great exchange with Sophia that I think we have to listen to. Sure. I don't know about hiring a stripper for the hotel. That's a little rough. Oh, my Charlie never was interested in strippers or any of that smut. I guess growing up in the country on a cattle ranch gave him a different idea of what constituted a good time. He was more into nice, quiet dinners at home, huh? No leather. I mean, Charlie's into some kinky things, apparently. I feel like, I mean, we know that Rose definitely has had the most sex out of all the women. Um, Remember when she talked about, was it her and Charlie, they were like, they had like deli meats between them once. Yes. Remember, yes. I feel like they're into some stuff and I love it. I mean, and they aren't, she is not ashamed of it either. Yeah. But also ashamed. because she doesn't, she doesn't know to be ashamed of it, which is kind of lovely. It's amazing. Um, okay. So let's, let's talk about one of the two elephants in the room. Okay. First one, Stan's Bornak. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about Stan. Where we left off with Stan in the Golden Girls, mm-hmm. Dorothy's getting married to yeah. Uncle Lucas, yeah. and Stan is in the limo, mm-hmm. and he's like, he just he doesn't try to stop her. He just kind of wishes her well, right? Does yeah, he say- I mean they they set it up sort of like, oh my God, Stan's kidnapping Dorothy on her wedding day, but it turns out to be one of the sweetest exchanges on the Golden Girls ever. When I forget what he says, but it's just sort of like she's his life. Like they spent so much time together and shared so many things together that no matter if she's with somebody else, she is his life. I mean, as Dorothy said, she gave that man the best years of her thighs. (laughs) (laughs) But it's true. And it's it's I, I have I've ever I always had on the Golden Girls a soft spot for Stan played by Herb Edelman. He, I just found him to be such an endearing character, even though he was a, a a schmuck and he did a lot of horrible things to Dorothy. Their dynamic and also the love he had for the other women, too, the respect mm-hmm. he had for the other women, even though sometimes it didn't come out that way. He needed them and 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 he cared about them and he would do anything for them. It was mm-hmm. it was a it was a really special character. So I was excited to see him in this episode, but he wasn't in it hardly enough. Yeah, well, yeah, that's the rub, right? Um, so in this episode, Stan's attorney shows up to see the women at the hotel. 
And Sophia thinks it's because she owes Stan money for a neck job that she had done. Her neck does look good. I mean, Sophia, <laughs> that that woman was 80-something at that point, I think, maybe. I don't know how old she was. Maybe 70-something? I, mean, I, I feel like she was 88 on, like, season three of The Golden Girls. Well, so I don't no, know. She's... She was the same age as Dorothy, and I think Dorothy was... So B. Arthur was born in the twenties, like oh, mid twenties. I'm sorry, or I thought you meant Sophia. The no, character. I'm talking about that. You were actually talking about Estelle Getty. I was talking about Estelle Getty's actual neck because it looks great for a woman her age. Like that woman had a facelift that was done well. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's good. So Blanche, meanwhile, she's pissed because Stan's lawyer shows up and she's like, "Stan wants something from us, and he can't even come see us in person." Yeah. And the lawyer's like, yeah, here's the thing. He's dead. My God. So let me ask you a question, H. Allen. I had seen this episode before. Did you think that Stan was dead in this moment on the television program? Mm, No, no, I didn't because I actually saw a picture of Stan in the previous episodes um (laughs) picture because hulu screws up the episodes so i knew that stan either was going to be alive and it seemed like faking his death would be something that stan would do um but also it could have been like a flashback scene it could have been like a ghost scene where stan comes like a you know what i mean like it could have been a lot of things so i knew he was coming but i had a feeling that stan wasn't actually dead we really need to talk. I know we keep saying this. We have to talk to the thumbnail people at Hulu. <laughs> ha- a, a, having Stan in a thumbnail is a spoiler. It's a two, huge spoiler. B, I said B, not two. I said B, you heard B. B, <laughs> having Stan in a thumbnail in another episode is lazy. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say, maybe it's because I watched the episode shortly after I'd had a baby. I don't know. I feel like I was very tired when I watched it. And the first time I saw it, he said, like, Stan's dead. And the woman went, oh, and I went, oh, because yeah. I truly thought Stan was dead. And the episode was going to be about all of the women, like, remembering stan i well, kind of second i was like though. maybe dorothy will come back i know but like i thought that it would je- like it would make I-, I thought that it would like send the women like to do some like soul searching yeah. right like I, like you know stan was so young and he died what are all the things we want to do before we died what are some loose ends we need to tie up what are mm. some wrongs that we need to make right with people in our lives i thought that's the direction it was go- going to go in the first time i saw it thematically um, this episode is all over the place it goes from slapstick with this storyline it goes from slapstick to sentimental to really emotional at the end i mean it's just it's kind of it none of it makes sense i don't like it i do not like it i was okay with it um so rose and blanche they can't believe he's dead um they're sad that they're gonna have to break it to sophia um but blanche is like you know we'll just we'll just break it to it gently at bedtime before we put her to bed and then just then sophia walks into the lobby and goes you'll never guess who i just ran into and Rose goes, not Stan, he's dead. I mean, that was funny. <laughs> that was actually funny. It was funny. so funny. Yeah. It reminded me of the episode where the um, 
the food critic dies and Sophia is supposed to distract everybody. And she goes, hey, look over there on the beach, a dead body. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Um, But but her reaction to Stan being dead was so I mean, it was what you would expect from someone who I mean, to her, she's he's family, too. Yeah, I wrote great natural acting. That was my, um, yeah, they played it completely straight. Like Sophia is shocked. They're all upset. They're really going to miss him. Um, Sophia's like, how did it happen? And Blanche goes, he died making love. Um, Rose, uh, Sophia has a funny joke where she goes, uh, that's sad. He died alone. <laughs> and then on top of that, Rose goes, at least we know he went quickly. Yeah. <laughs> like, just joke upon joke. I mean, it, it, yeah. And you would expect that from Stan. Come on. Let's be real. It's a great joke. However, it's so wild that this was the way the writers chose to make Stan, quote unquote, die because it's yeah. literally how Rose killed Charlie. Yeah, it and is. Golden Girls fans will remember. So I'm just like, wow, it's I mean, I get it because the jokes that Sophia and Rose made were hilarious. Mm-hmm. It's just really weird that that's I don't how even, Rose killed Charlie. I don't even think they thought back to that. I mean, it's, you know what I mean? Like, I don't even think they even thought of that. They had already done that kind of story on the Golden Girls because it was so far removed from from that oh moment, yeah you know? and it, yeah and and they're not they don't watch it as much as we do people yeah. sometimes will talk to me about like schooled episodes mm. and i'll be like i i don't remember like because you I write ha- it and then maybe you watch it once and then you never watch it again people do that with this podcast often where i mean god love you thank you for listening that's like amazing that you're listening but sometimes they'll be listening to an older episode and like I'll have no idea what we talked about. Like I'll have, but they'll, 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 they'll DM me as if it happened yesterday. And I, I know. and it's, and sometimes they're like wild DMs that I'm like, wait, what about leather? Like, I, like, you know, like, I don't know. Like they're just random, but I love yeah, it. I'll Thank get you for those listening. Too sometimes. And I'll be like, Hey, if that's what I said, I guess I said it. Yeah. I, I really yeah. I wish I could remember, but yeah. Um, but it's funny because I, there are podcasts that I listen to over and over and over and over again that I could like quote episodes from like 2011 yeah. and yeah. the creators would probably be like, who are you? <laughs> um, it's how did this get made guys? It's yeah. my long time, long time listener. Um, okay. So Roland and Chewy booked a stripper, um, mm. for this bachelor party. Um, Rose, Rose thinks it's wrong for a man to want to look at another woman right before, you know, he commits his life, you know, to his wife. Um, where do you stand on that? Um, I, I would, I mean, I would be fine with it. Look, like as long as he, here's the thing I would be more concerned about if Stan, my Stan a newsstand, newsstand <laughs> wanted to have a bachelor party with the stripper. I'd be like, yeah, sure. Do it up. Yeah. I would be more concerned with making sure that the strippers well-being like like if they're going to a strip club, I want this to be a place that you go to where. Like the women are empowered. They're doing it because they don't want to be there. Yeah. Nobody's being coerced. They're being paid well. They're not being taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, when Stan and I got married, 
Like we didn't have a, I didn't, we didn't have a wedding shower. We yeah. didn't have bachelor bachelorette parties. We got married at a courthouse. So yeah. like we were just like, we, we love just being home and hanging out. Yeah. So, yeah. but if Stan had wanted one, I'd be like, yeah, go for it. I love that though. I love, I mean, every time I think of a stripper though, I think of the episode of the office where she, like she basically becomes a counselor to everyone in the office and she has that secrets, line, secrets, secrets hurt someone. Secrets, secrets, secrets are no fun. No fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Okay, I have to say something right now. I am triggered from the early days of this podcast when we would occasionally have a snack and we would eat and people would not like us eating. But I apologize. I need this Ricola right now in order to finish this episode. So please don't come for me. It's mm. in. <laughs> it's in. I have, I have to have it or else I don't think I'm going to be able to do this without coughing. So I'm then sorry. You'll just sound like me for the first three seasons of the podcast <laughs> where I had a chronic cough. And I, every episode I had to tell the guest, I'm not sick. I promise. Like I just had a chronic like allergy cough. <laughs> These days, no way. We wouldn't You're be able fun. to have a guest over. They'd be no. like, get away from me. Yeah, not at um, all. No. Anyway. So, so yeah, so Rose is not into it. Roland's like, look, everybody needs some fantasy to get through the day. You know, it's a male ritual that's been going on forever. It's tradition, not an exploitation of women. And Chewie's like, yeah, what if I took my clothes off for a bunch of screaming women? What would you call that? And Roland goes, Pee-wee's big adventure. (laughs) Now, real quick. Let's talk about Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Please, I'm Tim ready. Tim Burton, like, what a movie. What a movie. That, yeah, yes, that movie. And I even enjoyed the the, the sequel to it, um, Big, Big Top, Top Pee-wee. Circus? Big Top oh, Pee-wee. Oh, Big Top Pee-wee. Yes, yes, uh, yes. Uh, but Big Top's, or Pee-wee's Big Adventure, is such a good movie. It is, like, on a level that if you haven't seen... Pee-wee's Big Adventure. You have to see this movie. You have to see it. It, it's, it, it says is... so much about mid-80s, like in... It says so much about the mid-80s, but it also doesn't even feel like a mid-80s movie. You could make it today. Yeah. You could yeah. make it today. I love Pee-wee's Big Adventure so much. I also... I mean, I every Christmas I watch Pee-wee's... Uh, the Pee-wee Christmas special with mm. like Katie Lang mm-hmm. and, and Cher. like Charo... And every, oh my gosh, there were so many amazing guests on it that yeah. when you watch the beginning of it, it's like watching the opening to SNL eight yeah. times looped because that's how many guests there will Whoopi Goldberg makes an appearance. It's Cher. beautiful. Cher is on Cher. it. Cher, yes, Cher. Yeah, yeah. Thank it's... you for being a friend. <laughs> I, no. I, I can't Pee-wee... believe it. That is still the opening to this podcast. Paul Rubens has had such an influence on my comedy in so many ways. Like Pee Wee is such like a North Star for so much of the weirdness that I love to do as Sadie Pines. And it is, it it is, Pee-wee is just high drag. (laughs) He really is. He's just like the, he's the epitome of high drag. He's just so good. He's really good. He's a really good character. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, anyway, watch Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Um, So later... Oh, I feel so bad. Sophia's sitting quietly in the kitchen Ugh. in darkness, all dressed in black. Yeah. Um, I guess Stan had written in his will that the three women should be picked up in a limo to go to his funeral. They're talking about how he's got to be worth like at least a million dollars. Did he have you money know? at the end of, was it, was the sport, Sporny, did that do well? Yeah, I think he was 
he was rich. Like I remember the sporn he did well. And then he was like showering everybody with money. He was trying to buy Dorothy's love. He was trying to buy Sophia's right. love. And Sophia That's was right. like, great, I'm for sale. I don't think he lost it all at any point. I think we kind of go out on the show with him still being rich. Yeah. Um. So the women all think that like his kids are going to get the money because he has, or no, she says that, um, Sorry, the women all think they're going to get the money yeah. because Stan has no friends. Yeah. Um, but I was like, what about his kids or Dorothy? Yeah. Also, has anyone called Dorothy? Yeah. <laughs> in my notes. Yeah, I know. Um, Blanche is convinced that Stan is going to give her the money because he mm-hmm. was in love with her. And she has a great joke where she's like, all bald men, in fact, I can't tell you how many times I looked down and thought I had three boobs. Remember when she had a fear of bald men on that plane? Oh, that's right. Yeah. So she's really, I mean, this is an evidence that Blanche has grown as a person. I also love that, like, that was a great motorboating, motor, motorboating joke. Yeah. Wow. Has that ever happened where you say a word and you go, is that a word? I just said motorboating and I didn't know if it was a word. Every day of my life. (laughs) No. (laughs) Uh, So Blanche and Rose leave for the limo and Sophia's like, I'll be right there. And she's going to like say a little prayer. She's sad. She's sad. Oh, she talks to God and she says, please let Stanley into heaven. He deserves it. Yeah. He's always done his best. And then would you know fucking what? (laughs) <laughs> who suddenly appears in the doorway looking and like an applause yeah not as big of one as i wanted him to get but still he got an applause and he says hi it's me stan of course and I she mean... goes not now you yet i'm praying <laughs> and then we go out on sophia's shocked face yeah, yeah. so yeah like you said he's filthy yeah. like he's like covered in like dirt like stage makeup dirt yeah um and then sophia gives him a really sweet hug like oh stan i can't believe it's really you Mm. and she's so happy but then she finds out that he faked his death because he's in trouble with the irs again a real nice smack on the head i know i know so yeah stands alive he faked his death um his the- plan is to stow away on like a tramp steamer or something yeah i mean okay what what sucks about this is i feel like i feel like the writers of the golden Pound, this is what this is my problem with the show this episode is there was no reverence for the love that i think the golden girls audience has for um the character stan and for her mm-hmm. edelman and Really, the, the 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 crux of the story is, yeah, sure, Stan and Sophia have a sweet moment together and everything, but it's so sort of like in passing, like there's so little use of Stan, and it's just sort of like, I'm in trouble with the IRS and I have to go hide, but I had to see you before I left, and like, that's it, that's kind of it, and it's just sort of yeah. like... But he's such, he's such a vital mm-hmm. character to the Golden Girls sort of universe... So I'm going to turn a light on. It's beginning to get dark and I can sure. see myself. I'm losing myself in the darkness. Yeah. You don't want to be that not true. emotionally. This is not a true crime doc, Carrie. No. So what upset me about it is like Stan, Stan went out on the Golden Girls. Stan went out on top. He had yeah. a really sweet goodbye on the Golden Girls. Mm-hmm. Now we bring him back. 
And I think the whole thing, like the writers, the idea is like, oh, here's Stan messing up everybody's lives and being selfish. Yeah. And I'm like, no, because here's the thing, right? So Stan faked his death. Um, he immediately tells Sophia, like, because I was like, whoa, wait, do your kids know? Did, does Dorothy know that yeah. you have faked it? So he tells her, don't worry. I told Michael and Kate. Then he says he didn't tell Dorothy because she knows he knows that yeah. she would turn her in and he wants Sophia to do it. So it's like one, you're literally making your children lie for you to yeah. like they're now like co-conspirators in you faking your own death to get out of the IRS. You've now dragged them into your BS. Yeah. On top of that. Dorothy right now thinks he's actually dead, which she, of course, would call her children and they would fill her in. But whatever. Yeah. But he wants Sophia to do it. He's letting Blanche and Rose to the very end of the episode continue to believe that yeah. he is dead. Well, here's the thing. I don't I don't mind the storyline of, of Stan faking his death. I think that's a that's a fine storytelling tool to get the character back. I think that's great. But what I do think that the writers, and this is where I think that the show did a disservice, and a lot of shows I think do a disservice to the fans of the show, in that when they have one type of person writing the show, I mean straight white dudes, and there's no, if if there was a, if there was a, a crew of sort of like queer or female writers on the show, a large amount that would say, you're missing the the heart of it, though. There's a heart to this character that Sophia has a reaction to and that Stan has a reaction to. And this is a moment where you can bring everybody together and tell a really interesting story. And you're just minting, you're missing the sentimentality of it. But instead, he's his whole service is in slapstick, which doesn't do us anything. And we're, we're left with a sour taste in our mouth because it's like, are we supposed to feel sad? Or angry? I don't even know. Yeah, you're. Yeah, so I actually I would have been okay if they did a Stan faked his death, but he shows up to the hotel and he's like, "The IRS is on to me. You gotta yeah. hide me in the hotel." Like, yeah, it, that, it basically yes. would have been an. It, it basically would have been another. You know, we're hiding somebody in the hotel the way that they did with the dead food critic. Yeah, where where I, I was so distracted by the fact that they all at some point think he's truly dead. And in the back of my mind, I'm going, Dorothy also believes that he's dead. Yeah. I also had, and again, you know me, everybody's going to go, oh, Carrie's being the logistic police. <laughs> but I go, to fake to the IRS that you have died, mm -hmm. like, or to, to like, he, he we're, we're talking, he's like bribing medical examiners to fake yeah. like death certificates. Like, yeah. I don't know. I was like, you have to go through a lot. This also screamed of miles like, Oh, yeah. hello. I'm showing up to tell you a secret that you can never tell anyone. And also you're never going to see me again. Bye. Yeah. I'm miles. And I think the difference with miles and Stan that the writers maybe did not get is I think there was a lot of, um, I don't know. I, maybe, I mean, I'm very biased against Miles, obviously, but I feel like we were led to care about Stan more than we were ever led to care about Miles because, oh, yes. because Stan was a, an art. I mean, you watch the last season of the Golden Girls and Stan is in so many episodes, important episodes. And, and he's a huge catalyst for Dorothy doing what she does even. And it's like Miles 
Yeah, you want to leave that episode hating Miles. You don't want to leave an episode ever hating Stan. You just don't. Right. That's no right. And I hated him. I yeah. Was, I, I hated him at the end of it. Yeah. And that's not. All if right. you go back on the Sorry. Golden Girls, that never happened. I mean, yes, sir. There were some episodes where you were like, "Oh, you really screwed. <laughs> you screwed Dorothy over. Or you did all these things." But there was all because of B. Arthur. There was always that sort of like she's angry at him, but she's also just really disappointed, and she loves him, and that made us then realize we can't really hate Stan. We have to have some heart for Stan because mm-hmm. there's that that Dorothy has with him. Oh, so upset. Yeah. So anyway, we'll come back to Stan. Meanwhile, Chewie and Roland are preparing for the bachelor party. Mm. Um, the stripper shows up. Her name is Candy. She looks um, so I thought cute. That was, oh my gosh. So cute. I also and- thought her name being Candy was like a little, I know it wasn't, but it feels like it's a little wink to Blanche being like, once I was a candy stripper. <laughs> also, her wig. I love her. I actually, like, I looked at her wig and I was like, I want hair like that for Sadie. Wait, her name wasn't Candy. Was it Bambi? It was Bambi, I think. It was Bambi. I wrote it down wrong. It was Bambi. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so um, I guess forget that. That wasn't a winky joke, but that was a fun Blanche moment. <laughs> um, Bambi is played by an actor named Jenna Barlow-Grodsky. So turns out Jenna, she's an award-winning writer, director, like TV show creator, and she's an oh. editor. She edits a ton of shows, oh. um, which is really cool. Like Bambi yeah. works. I'm here Bambi. for it. I like that Bambi. So, so yeah, she looks absolutely amazing. Um, Chew and Roland, uh, they tell Bambi she can go ahead and get ready in the kitchen because uh, Chris, the groom, and his party are going to be arriving soon. But also, and the kitchen she... is not a place to get ready for a stripper. <laughs> You're you... right. They sent her to the kitchen. You run a hotel, and you are sending a stripper to get ready and get potentially naked in the kitchen. Yeah. Like, get, just be like, the restrooms are that way. Yeah, or give her her um, room. You or know her the, own room. Yeah, give exactly. Yeah. yeah. So as she's walking away, they're both staring at her. Yeah, like, it's, it's gross. Oh, like the like the wolf whistle in the cartoons, and they're like, boom, baba, boom, baba. And I'm like, ugh. Yeah, no. Just, yeah, just then, but it pays off. Just then, a bunch of women excitedly come into the lobby And they're like, hi, we're here for our friend Chris's bachelorette party. Can I just say the casting director who got these group of women to come, not only did I believe that these women were friends, but I believed that they had personality. Like they cast great actors for this small scene and i i I was there was one that pulled him aside that sort of you know gave gave roland a little bit of a a winky winky moment that great great delivery like just a great great actors great actors great they were great across the board yeah and the guys are like huh bachelorette party Mm -hmm. and this the one woman's like yeah we arranged it with someone named rose is there a problem and roland goes Yes, but we think it's neurological. <laughs> it was a very funny line read. Yeah. Um, so Roland and Chewie are like, okay, cool. Um, we'll we'll just pop open the wine and get the board games ready. Like yeah. hoping that that's all the women want. Nope. And this one nope. the woman who is, she's clearly the maid of honor because she has mm. mad maid of honor uh, attitude. Yeah. She goes, um, 
How about you crack open the gin, Jim Beam, put on the stones, and drop your pants, butter buns? I mean, I would never want the stones, the rolling stones, to come and do be my stripping music, but I am here for it. I love that that woman knows what she wants, and she put it out in the world. I love it. She's like, I paid for a stripper, and I want a stripper. And yeah. as Chewy and Roland are like nervously backing into the dining room, the women are like, boom, bada, boom, bada, boom. Ah, give them a little bit of dose of their own medicine. Love it. It was such a good taste of the old med. Yeah. Uh, so neither one of them wants to be the stripper who jumps out of the cake. So, of course, they do rock, paper, scissors. Roland loses. And here's where I wrote, H. Allen, are you okay? Knowing at this moment, Take take me when you find out that Roland's going to be a stripper, what's going through your mind? Well, it doesn't hit me quite yet because I've been teased on this series before. In fact, mm. I've been toyed with and teased for so much of this series about when this moment would come that I almost didn't believe it. I almost I was like, sure, sure, I'm going to get a little bit. Maybe. I don't know. I'll wait for it. So I was cynical. I was cynical. Okay, all right. So you were still a little guarded. I was I was guarded. I have to I okay. have to protect my feelings. I'm vulnerable. Yes, of course. Of yes. course. So the next scene is Stan's funeral, which was a real shocking shift from stripping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the like, set the set is the same set they used in or a similar set at least in the uh on the Golden Girls when they had a lot of the funeral scenes like and a lot Frida of the Claxton, Yeah. Uh, and the uh, priest face um uh, oh, uh fidel santiago yes. yes so the priest he's played by earl bowen um <laughs> so he played the reverend in one flew, uh, one flew out of the cuckoo's nest and he played father salerno uh in ebb tide's revenge so yes he is canon to the gg universe but it's wild a, that they would a have priest slash reverend yeah as only a priest it's wild that they would have him play because he was a priest. Where did where did um, uh, Phil get buried? Like it like an wasn't wait. Well, no, that wasn't where. Was he the priest also at Phil's funeral? Yeah, that's Ebtide's Revenge. But was he also the priest in the episode where Blanche buries Big Daddy? Oh wait, which one's Ebtide's Revenge? I think Ebtide's Revenge is the one where Phil dies, right? Yes. I don't know. Yes. I don't think it's the one where she buries Big Daddy. Well, regardless, he, in Ebb Tides, wherever Phil was buried, I think it was probably in New York or maybe Miami. I don't know. Was it in Miami? No, that's it wouldn't weird. have been Miami. That's weird. But they have, but she's in Miami. That made no sense, actually. Well, but, where does Stan live? Does Stan even live in Miami? I think so. Well, regardless. Does he? Regardless, this priest gets around. This yeah. priest is the priest of the family, but yet no one seems to actually know them. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So he, the funeral is happening. He thanks everybody for coming. He decides to play a VHS video that he says Stan recorded a short, uh, short, a few short weeks before his death. And um, so it's a video of Stan and he's like, hi, it's me, ghost Stan. Boo. <laughs> and then he says he wants to read a poem called what my friends mean to me. Yeah. And as soon as he starts reading, um, the video turns into um, the International Bikini Fest because yeah. Stan taped over his own funeral message, um, <laughs> which that totally feels like something Stan Spornak would do, which is kind of funny. I did laugh. Um, 
Then the priest invites a few of Stan's closest friends to come up and say a few words about him. Yeah. Two things, two things I want to talk about here. One, like Stan, as every scene goes by, he's becoming more and more selfish. Mm-hmm. Like not only is he faking his death, he's now getting people together to talk about him in a positive way. Like I'm surprised he wasn't hiding in the coffin just to hear everybody say nice things about him, whatever. Um, so the other thing is the, um, the, the page turn wipes. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen like a full, like wipe transition on this show. It was wild, Um, but it was wild. But they did like full on like star Wars. It was wild. So, um, so we start with Blanche and she goes, uh, attractive, intelligent, sexy. These are just a few words Stan used to describe me. (laughs) And I just wrote in my notes, I wrote, this is so shitty, Stan. Everyone is clearly upset. So there's another page white to Rose who's in the middle of a story about her cat named Fluffer. And she's Mm -hmm. going like, wake up, Fluffer, wake up. I actually had a cat named Fluffer, so that's kind of funny. Wow, wow. It wasn't the... like that kind of Fluffer. Yeah. Um, it's because there were two cats. You're going to laugh when you hear the name of the other cat. So would you ever make, um, oh, excuse me. Would you ever make, um, you don't know what fluff is, do you? The fluff, marshmallow like the stuff? Marsh- marshmallow. Yeah. Okay, great. You yeah. know marshmallow fluff. Yeah. So um, we got these two stray cats and one was mostly white, but had a couple little tan spots and the other um, was like more tan Mm. and we didn't know what to name them. And so my uncle, they were tiny. My (laughs) uncle picked up uh, two loaves of bread and he put the cats between them and he said, look, it's a fluffer nutter sandwich because that's what he used to make was peanut butter, peanut butter and then fluff. Uh, But the two cats were named fluffer. And Nutter. Oh, Carrie. (laughs) Carrie. (laughs) Why? Why? Wait, 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 wait. Did I ever tell you the name of my dog? No, but I'm afraid to hear now. BJ. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, so you had a... Wait, can I tell you one more name? One more name? (laughs) No. You're shitting. You're lying at this point. You have to be. I'm not lying. We also had a cat named Tongue. (laughs) Wait. Okay. 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 Let me just. Okay. So you had a dog named BJ, a cat named Tongue. Yeah. The cat's name was Tongue because his tongue hung out of his mouth. The dog's name was BJ because we, when I was really little, my parents had a husky named Badger and Badger died when I was a baby. And I was so sad because I always wanted to hang out with Badger. So this was Badger Jr. (laughs) (laughs) Even though they weren't related. And then you had Fluffer and Nutter. Which Fluffer and Nutter. It sounds Fluffer though we called Fluffy. We called them Fluffy. They were all boys too. That sounds like some sort of gay porn film. <laughs> you know, know what I mean? Like Fluffer and Nutter. The Adventures of Fluffer and Nutter. <laughs> yeah. And their boss, BJ. I know. And their boss, BJ. Yeah. Oh, and their sidekick, God. Tongue. I'm aware. Yeah. Wow. That's you need to rook make that a, into a script write that into something please i will i've lost i don't know where we are um well okay. so we're now at sophia so, basically admitting he's like she's like he's not in there and she like throws herself on the coffin yes um also the priest is clearly in on the ruse mm-hmm. um because when sophia is uh, like you said, she's getting up and she's like, all right, everybody stop. Like Stan is alive. 
of course, like Rosen Blanche just thinks she's in denial. And the priest is like kind of like doubling down and like nervously trying to keep reading the epitaph. And he's like, oh, this woman must be feeble. And Sophia's like, yeah. he's it. He tries to open the coffin to show them it's empty. Um, okay. I mean, we're at the moment. Yeah, take a deep breath. We're at the bachelorette party. However, we're in the kitchen. Yes. Huey and Bambi are watching Roland through the window of the kitchen door to the dining room. We don't see Roland. And Chewie's like, but you hear music. You hear like there's a lot going on. You know what's happening out there. You know what's happening. Roland is getting out of a cake and stripping. Yes. Um, Chewie's like, how do you think he's doing? And Bambi goes, his moves are pretty good. He's focused and connected to the audience. If he could stop crying, I'd give him a 10. <laughs> and then you hear Roland yell, paper cut. <laughs> um, and then. Here's, here's where I wrote in my notes. Yeah. H. Allen, do you want to tell everyone what happens next? Also, I, are you okay? Also, do you need your giant fan? I, I I do have my giant fan right here. And I I thought about this after I watched this scene for for. For so long. Oh, the fan is out. It's beautiful and it's pink. It is beautiful. Um, I, I thought about this and the best way for me to describe my feelings. And I feel like in the true spirit of Mary Catherine Gallagher, the only way that I can describe my feelings is in um, well, original piece of writing that I did uh, called The Moment, an ode to Roland's Roland. So let me just let me just play that right now. <sighs> oh, Roland. You don't know how long I've been waiting for this moment. So many people told me how big this moment would be. And now I know why. He walked in those silk boxer shorts, leaving oh so little to the imagination. However, all I could do was imagine. As he walked, my heart raced. Is he walking towards me? Oh God, oh God, he's walking towards me. It's almost as if he could just walk right out of that television. (sighs) Wait, no, Roland, don't put on the robe. No, 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 please, please, please. Oh God, he put on the robe. Even though it was only for a few seconds. Typical man. I will always cherish this moment. Okay. Wow. I felt, I felt, thank you. Thank you. Um, I didn't know if there was a, I don't, I just, there are no words to describe that this moment has finally come. And so I thought, well, I should write about the moment. That is, wow. I, you know, there's been a lot of buildup to this moment. And I was very curious to know how we were going to talk about it and how you were going to react to it. Mm. We should tell everybody, I had no idea that this was coming. <laughs> I knew that you, I knew you had a special reaction plan, yeah. but I didn't know that this was it. And yeah. You have delivered. I mean, I needed to honor it. You know what I mean? I needed to honor this moment um, 
for the moment. It's Roland's Roland, and it it it's it's it is everything that people have messaged me about. It it lives up to the hype, I will say. And if you're wondering if this is by some shocking turn of events, this is your first episode of Out on the Lanai. <laughs> And you are wondering what the hell is going on. There is a uh, moment in this episode where Roland, um, this moment right now, where Roland is wearing silk boxer shorts or like fake silk. And he clearly has something bouncing, a very visible thing bouncing around that has become Golden Girls lore over the years. It's it's become a part of the Golden Palace conversation um, because it is so visible, and it is only I I I because I I took a clip from the show, and because I'm going to post on our Instagram uh, this audio that I did, um, and so I took the clip, and it's only like 16 seconds. It's only 16 seconds, but it has those 16 seconds have come to define the legacy of the Golden Palace. Wow. Well, I I don't know what else to say about it. Well, you can say. Good on you, Don Cheadle. Good on you. Uh, I'll I'll let you leave it at that. Um, <laughs> My it, fan. <laughs> get your fan. I will say so. Roland comes into uh, the dining room from or yeah into the kitchen from the dining room, mm-hmm. and he's like like screaming women on the other side of the door, and he feels cheap. And he's like, they were treating me like, and Bambi goes, a piece of meat. Mm. And he's like, oh, yeah, it was so bad. They were stuffing money down my pants. You know what's even worse? And Bambi goes, making change. And Roland's (laughs) like, yeah. So it is nice that it was, I thought it was a very cute story that Chewie and Roland learned their lesson when they were, um, you know, they were sort of you know, treating Bambi and the idea of a stripper a certain way. And then when yeah. they were in that position, they realized like, oh, it doesn't actually feel very good. Um, yeah. So I thought it was nice that they learned that lesson, you know? I'm glad it was a, um, a, a life lesson for Roland. Um, I'm also glad that I learned a lesson too. That's going to be your golden takeaway. Yep. Save, save it for the GT. I'd love yep. to hear it. Yeah. Um, so then later that night, uh, Rose and Blanche are having tea in the dining room and they're talking about how, Sophia threw her body on the coffin and then fell asleep. And Rose is like, <laughs> I know it's so Sophia. It's yeah. so funny. And it's one of those things where you, they just say it and you can picture it. And that's yeah. what's funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Rose goes, it was weird when that guy came out and measured her, which yeah. I also thought was funny. Um, it reminded me of my little brother when we were kids and he was the one that could fall asleep and literally any situation like any situation no matter the noise no matter what was happening it would be like if he if he laid down for three minutes he would be asleep wow i'm jealous same i wish i could fall asleep that quickly um so blanche says she can't believe that you know stanley had his will read the same day at his funeral which i didn't realize that was uncommon but i guess it is um, and turns out he left all of his money to some Yahoo in Madrid, which is yeah. obviously where Stanley's going. And um, Sophia comes in and uh, and she goes, yeah, no, Stan is dead. And all he left me was this dumb friendship ring. And she goes, and to think I let the man see me naked. 
And then like Blanche and Rose give her a look and she goes, he had hiccups. Um, <laughs> so because you uh, have to sca- to explain the joke because you have to scare someone when they have hiccups or something. Yeah, which is, it's yes. one of those jokes that's like they go from A to C and make you think about B. Yeah. Um, Elliot said that once in on the podcast. I thought that was yeah. a great way to describe it. Um, yeah. So Blanche and Rose leave. Sophia's back in the kitchen. She's drinking tea alone. Stan returns again. Yeah. And he's like, look, my ship leaves in 45 minutes. He's like, I, you know, I just, I just came to say goodbye. But I was like, isn't that what the last visit was for? Yeah. Um, so Sophia wants him to turn himself in, but he won't. Yeah. And she's like, if you walk out that door, you really will be dead. And he says he loves her. He kisses her on the head. He leaves. He leaves. She's she's crying. And then Rose and Blanche come in and they see her crying and they go, you finally understand. Stan is gone. And she goes, yeah, Stan is gone. And that's the episode. The most. I probably like, just woke up my baby. Oh, it's <laughs> it's it's insane to me. It is such a weird I don't understand the writing of this episode. I am sorry, writers. You did a bad job. The jokes are good. There are some great jokes in this episode. But the but the thematically, this episode is just insane to me. I just like like I I, I get it and it's just yeah, it, it just it infuriates me because yeah. Stan, like this moment where they're like, you finally understand. And she's like, yeah, I do. Stan is gone. We're literally, there's, we're no different from, it, it's basically like Sophia's sad because she learned, learns Stan has died. Yeah. Sophia's mad when she finds out that Stan is alive and yeah. he's making her lie. Sophia's sad when Stan decides not to turn himself in and he leaves anyway. And still like, makes her no, lie. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's just, there's no... Like, what was this episode even about? Well, like, what was this story it, even about? I, the, the, the Chewy Roland story, I told, I can totally track, but it's yeah. like, it's just like, what was the point? Stan wasn't here to to tie up any business. He was yeah. only in those two scenes. It made no there was sense. A whole like it, it just, I don't know. And I know I'm sure mm. that there are going to be fans of the Golden Girls who like this episode, and they're like, "Whoa, you guys are being a well, little harsh on it." I but think I, I think people I personally, if, if you are one of those people that you do enjoy this episode, or maybe you understand this episode, let us know in the comments on Instagram and stuff. Like when we post for this episode, because I'm going to post my the moment and ode to Roland's Roland, and please let us know in the comments of that that clip. Um, what you why you like this episode or why you don't like this episode because it 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 is to me it's clearly like a departure in a way but it also might have been there's only a couple episodes left and i don't know if they knew that the show was being canceled at this point i don't know where they were within the the cancellation of the show but you can clearly tell things are getting lazy yeah i mean it sounds i mean just from our interview with mark sutkin it sounds like around this i mean around the time that they're writing it you're writing an episode months before it airs um but but the show at this point it would have been airing by now so they would know what the numbers are you know it would have been probably airing for for a little bit um yeah yeah, i don't know and then the tag of the episode is just the priest and he's cleaning up in the church and he puts the bikini fest back on which i mean yeah 
Good. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. I know. Well, I mean, I think we can. It's fair to say that the the point of this episode was Roland's Roland. Um, and that's what I will take away from this episode is that. But that's not my golden takeaway. Oh, hey, maybe hey, hey, hey. Oh, no. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. So we have to take a break and then yeah. do our golden takeaways. Let's take a break and then we'll come back with golden takeaways. So, Golden Takeaway. It's a nugget of truth or inspiration that you can apply to your life or the lives of our listeners. And I'm going to go today because I have the most obvious Golden Takeaway. Clearly, it is that dreams do come true. Roland's Roland has entered my life. And um, now all of you listening have my little ode to Roland's Roland. And I'm, I'm I'm so glad to give that to the world. And I'm so glad that others can discover Roland's Roland. That's my Golden Takeaway. That's do that was beautifully articulated. Um, my golden takeaway is um, that it is not lost on me in an episode where the lesson learned is to not objectify men and women's bodies, people's bodies. We have spent a substantial amount of time objectifying one man's body. <laughs> It's true. It's true. I'm not ashamed of it either. I mean, you know what? They put it out there in the world. And thank you, Mark Sotkin, for you probably didn't even sign off on Roland's outfit for this episode. But I I hope he did. I hope I hope someone foreshadowed this is going to be good. You know what I mean? Like, I want to be in the costume department's discussion on that episode of the Golden Palace and like how they decided on what Roland would wear and more so what he wouldn't wear underneath his silk boxers. Well, you know, we should find out. I think it was the same Judy. I believe it was the same costume designer from the Golden Girls. Maybe we reach out to Jim Colucci. We get that contact. We get that question answered. This is hard-hitting news that I think we need to get to the bottom of. Um, I'm thinking of a lot of jokes right now. and But but no, but no, but no. I'm going to leave this, you know, no. I'm going to leave this to the mystery of the world because like, I feel like this is just mine and I'm going to have it. I'm just going to have it. Thank you all for listening today to the podcast and be sure to tune in next time when we watch sex lies and tortillas. Ooh, fun. I'm hungry already. And guys, you know that we are a part of hoo ha ha. So go and have a listen to all of the fantastic podcasts that hoo ha ha is putting out into the world. And you can follow us on all of the social media at golden girls pod on Twitter out on the Lanai official on Instagram and Golden Girls Pod on Facebook. And I am H. Allen Scott and Sadie Pines on everything. And I want to say to everyone who lives near the Los Angeles area listening this week that you can come see me in a fantastic show next Tuesday at Heart in WeHo. It's going to be a fan. It's going to be a wonderful, wonderful drag show with I have some funny things planned, um, which is going to be really ridiculous. And it's with. Naomi Smalls, you guys know from Drag Race, and Monet Exchange from Drag Race as well, and a lot of big people, a lot of great queens, and it's going to be a fun show. So if you're in L.A., you can go on my social media, and you can see all the links to where to buy tickets and get tickets in advance because they're cheaper, you know. Oh, yes, that's a really good tip. Yeah, yeah always cheaper in advance than at yeah. the door. Uh, that show sounds absolutely fabulous. I'm it's sure called it's Moist. I feel like Blanche would appreciate it. Moist. Oh, she would totally appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, that is. Yeah. When she's writing her novel, that is a word. Totally. That if you were able to do a, a control F, you would find it multiple <laughs> times in her book. 
Uh, and I am Squidzy on Instagram and Squid Eat Squid on Twitter and have no public appearances coming up now nor anytime in the near future. Uh, and if you all have a moment, you want to rate and review the podcast wherever you get this podcast, that would be absolutely amazing. And we would appreciate it. And thank you all for continuing to send us amazing things on all of our social media. We really love hearing from all we of We really, you. really do. And guys, remember, as always... As always, stay golden. Stay golden. Bing, 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 Call